Welcome to Good Enough Creative, a podcast for creative people. And welcome to season two of the Good Enough Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Marie Green, and I'm back after a little break so I could finish a few design deadlines and finalize details with the launch of my second book, Knit Shawls and Wraps in One Week, which comes out October 29th, which is actually just a few weeks from now if you're listening when the episode is released. The release of my second book is an achievement for more than one reason. It's my second book release in one year. My first book, Seamless Knit Sweaters in Two Weeks, came out in February. And that leads me to what we're going to talk about today. We're talking about reality versus imagination when it comes to living your creative dreams. And to illustrate my point, I'm going to walk you through what it was like to write two books in less than 12 months, and not just any books, books of knitting patterns, which is really time consuming. Then again, writing any book is time consuming. Don't get me wrong. These books just happen to have the added pressure of a hand knit sweater to go along with each design in the book. Actually, the second book, they are hand knit shawls. So the reason I wanted to talk about this is because the point of Good Enough Creative is to shine a light on the reality of the creative life, not the glossy Instagrammable bits, but the truth, the overwhelm, the messiness, the behind the scenes, the flops, and the triumphs. We have more than enough pressure to be perfect, and that's just not what we're about here. So this is about rolling up your sleeves and doing the work, ready or not. So let me walk you through the reality of what it was like to write two books in such a ridiculously short period of time, because I think many of us compare ourselves to the idea of what we think others are doing rather than the reality. Do you ever do that? I hope by sharing behind the scenes, it'll inspire you to see that you can do this too, whatever that thing is that you really want to accomplish or achieve or try. You might feel too busy unprepared, not ready, whatever it is, but you can do it. So here we go. In February of 2019, I got an email from a book publisher, and I know I've sort of mentioned this to you before, but I'm going to tell you a little bit more about how this all went down. I was sitting in a Starbucks with a co-working friend, which was really just an excuse to work out of the house once a week, because when you work from home, a change of scenery is sometimes a welcome thing. So the email popped up, and I had to read the subject line two or three times before I opened it. Book opportunity? I was pretty sure it was spam. If you know me, then you know my life's dream since childhood was to become an author. It's something I'd thought about a lot, and I had looked into it. But I honestly, I didn't think it was going to happen. And I for sure knew, or at least thought I knew, that if it was going to happen, it was going to mean years and years of rejection letters first. I had never in my life imagined the publisher would come to me out of the blue on a random Wednesday morning while I was sitting at Starbucks. That email launched a conversation which led to an offer and a contract, and before I knew it, we were trying to settle on how many patterns would go in the book and what we were going to call it. 
The timeline was only four months, so I suggested an ambitious number of patterns, 12. My editor said, but how about 15? I reluctantly agreed, knowing that 15 patterns was really at least 18 months worth of work. I was really nervous. I knew this was going to be intense. I made peace with the idea, though. I knew it was going to be hectic, but that I would find a way. 15 patterns it is. And then they came back and said, but how about 20 patterns? I felt like a lead weight was settling into my stomach. 20 patterns for sweaters in four months. Was that even humanly possible? I actually had to really stop to think about that. But this is me we're talking about, and I've never met a challenge I wasn't willing to take head on. So just for reference, writing a single sweater pattern involves weeks of pattern development and writing, yarn sourcing, weeks of back and forth with tech editing, weeks to knit the actual sweater, and generally about a month of test knitting, which involves communication back and forth with people who are knitting through the pattern themselves as another way to check for accuracies and clarity. Then there are hours of photo shoots, often on location where you're dealing with wind, rain, and too much or not enough sun. And then there's additional time to design the charts and schematics and to do the pattern layout and the marketing. It is most definitely not an overnight process. So when done at a reasonable pace, it takes a good six weeks or so to create a sweater pattern, give or take, depending on the level of intricacy. So you can see why 20 sweater patterns in four months was nerve wracking right out of the gate. I knew, or at least I thought I knew what I was in for, and it wasn't going to be pretty, but I wanted to be an author. So who was I to argue with the opportunity? I put my head down and I hustled. And then we had an issue with the printer schedule and four months became three and a half months so we could get it to the printer on time. And all the while, I still had a business to run and a family to attend to. What followed was a blur. Everything felt like it was happening in fast forward, churning out patterns and sending them to sample knitters. And in some cases, having to hire a second sample knitter because the first one didn't turn out right. And then I had to hit pause on the writing and knitting so we could go do photo shoot days. To say that I was cranky and exhausted would be an understatement. When I skidded into home base with a completed manuscript, I felt quite sure I would never, ever want to write a book again. And I most certainly never wanted to be part of another photo shoot for the rest of my life. I took a deep breath. It was over. And two weeks later, I got the email with the subject line, book two? The rest, my friends, is history. By the time I was up to my elbows writing book two, which by the way was 30 patterns, I was on tour traveling for book one at the same time. It was an adrenaline-fueled, coffee-infused experience. I was living my dream and I was exhausted. I slept three to four hours a night for more than a year. I stopped seeing anyone I know other than family or people who were directly involved in the book process, like my sample knitters and my photographer. I stopped cleaning my house, cooking, and I whittled the rest of my life down to the bare essentials. I was basically in survival mode. Thank goodness for my husband who picked up the slack where he could and for friends and customers who were patient with me when I was barely hanging on. Looking back, I'm not really sure how I did it. And sometimes that's what living your dream looks like. 
hopefully not all the time, but there are some messy bits that we don't always talk about. I learned a few important lessons along the way, though, and I want to share them with you. I think there are some really important takeaways. First, living your dream doesn't always look like you think it will. When I imagine myself growing up to be a writer, I pictured long, quiet days in my writing room in a cabin in the woods where I would churn out meaningful ideas over the span of years, all while glancing out the window at a beautiful stream with sunlight pouring through the trees. I didn't imagine I'd be up at 3 a.m. working in a hotel room, already on my third cup of bad hotel coffee, drawing a blank while trying to string coherent thoughts together, and keeping an eye on the clock so I could rush out the door to meet a room filled with beautiful smiling knitters for the rest of the day. Being an entrepreneur and an author sounds awesome, and it is, but it's also a lot of work, and there are days that feel super overwhelming. What we see on the outside is the polished final product, the end result. We don't see the work and the sleepless nights that made it possible. I show you the photos that turn out perfect, not the ones where my eyes are half closed or there's a weird buckle in the sweater or I'm not holding in my tummy quite as much as I meant to. There are two reasons I want you to know this because I don't want you to give up on yourself when it gets hard and messy and seems like things are spiraling out of control. I know it feels that way sometimes because it felt that way to me. The other reason is because I want you to stop comparing your behind-the-scenes reality to the polished, finished product that someone else may be presenting to the world. People have said to me, oh gosh, you're so lucky. I would love to do what you do. And I know they say that because they have an idea in their heads about what this life must be like. It's sort of like house hunting, and you go into a house and you imagine yourself there And you never imagine the days when there's laundry all over the couch and your pot of marinara boils all over the stove or the hot water heater poops out. No, you imagine the dinner parties and the cozy nights by the fireplace and the kids running through the sprinklers in the backyard. You imagine the good parts, right? And that's what we do with our dreams too. We imagine all the great bits, the fortune and glory, to quote Indiana Jones, And it can come as a bit of a nasty shock when it turns out that there's a lot of monotony and trial and error and disappointment and frustration. But that's what living your dream looks like sometimes. And because it can be really tough, the triumphs are that much sweeter. If it were easy, everyone would do it. We're not here because it's easy. We're here because there's a creative calling inside of us and it's strong enough to get us through the hard parts if we stay focused on what matters. The second lesson I learned is that we can do hard things when we put our minds to it. If there's something you want to learn to do or a skill you're trying to perfect, there will be days when you take one step forward and two steps back. That's just how it goes. It doesn't mean you aren't meant to do this. Keep going. Third, done is better than perfect. I think I've talked about this concept before, but it's a good reminder. 20 years ago, when I had a little soap making business, I remember trying so hard to cut the bars perfectly. I even carved around all the edges with a potato peeler. Thinking back now, my gosh, it was so tedious. I wanted the edges rounded instead of the sharp, flat edges. I was trying to make my bars of soap look almost as good as if they came from a store. 
a bar that was even slightly misshapen didn't make the cut, and we ended up keeping it to use at home. As time went on and I began to see more and more handmade soap showing up at little gift shops and places, I realized how rustic they looked. And they were really cool. Here I was trying to turn my handmade product into something it wasn't. And the soap makers who are just embracing the natural look of a handmade bar of soap were doing just as well, if not better. I had to take a step back and reevaluate. I had to see my work through a different lens. It's kind of like how food tastes better when someone else makes it. We can be a bit too critical of our own work and not realize just what a good job we've really done. And so this brings me back to my first book. When the book came out, we quickly noticed several errors. There were mistakes that slipped through my hurried process and mistakes made by the publisher's design team who were also on a ridiculously short schedule. I was mortified. There I was, someone who wouldn't even let a misshapen bar of soap out into the world, and I'd finally achieved my lifelong dream, and it wasn't perfect. I wanted to crawl in a hole and hide. Instead of feeling proud when I looked at what I had accomplished, I felt embarrassed. I felt like a failure. When someone said, I bought your book, and I could tell they were super excited, all I could think was, oh no. But here's the thing. It was still a really good book. Knitters were sending emails to say how much the book inspired them and how much they were learning from what I'd written, and they were churning out beautiful sweaters and making use of the update notes I'd created on my website to help them navigate the errors we found. My business didn't crumble and I didn't die, and my beautiful community of knitters didn't give up on me. It felt like the end of the world to me, but everyone else was still excited for me. I learned that even if I try to be perfect, and heaven knows I do try, and fail, I'm going to fall short. And what's more, I'll live to tell the tale. And so will you. That's why I'm telling you this, because we're all in this together and we're all just doing our best. Putting yourself out there means taking a few risks. It means being willing to aim high, even if you miss the mark sometimes. The alternative is staying in your comfort zone and nothing exciting ever happens there. Do the work Keep showing up and don't let failure stop you. It's not going to be perfect anyway, and that's okay. The maker life is beautiful and messy and exciting and nerve-wracking. It's all the good things you hope it will be and all the hard things you wish it weren't. But as I sit here and look over the last 18 months of my life, I realize that all of those exhausting, chaotic, difficult, and overwhelming weeks and months have led me right here to this moment. With two beautiful books sitting on the shelf behind me and incredible opportunities on the path ahead of me. This is what can happen when you say yes to something you don't even know for sure if you can do, but you want it badly enough that you're willing to give it everything you've got. Throughout season two of this podcast, I want to continue this conversation and I'll be bringing you more ideas and insights about facing those scary moments and practical advice for expanding your creative horizons. And we'll have some interviews with special guests. That's something new for this season. And they'll share some insights about their own creative experiences that I really hope will inspire you and help you along your own creative journey. I can't wait to share more with you. Before I go, I also want to let you know that I now have written transcripts of every episode, as well as the accompanying audio online at goodenoughcreative.com. So if there's ever something you wanted to revisit without having to listen all over again, you can find it there. Thank you so much for sharing your creative journey with me. 
Until next time, you've got this.